In the era of soundtrack movies, Footloose is the best teen soundtrack movie of all time. It shows you that as a teen, you can't live without music. This is 80s Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Tara McNamara, a film critic and journalist. I'm Riley Roberts, her daughter, and who's been a film critic for most of her life. Footloose is about a big city kid who moves to a small town where dancing is illegal, so he sets out to change the rules for one night so the high school can have a prom. Or it's just about a lot of whiny teenagers who are like, my parents don't understand me, and they just try to rebel. Well, I I think there's something to that. I mean, Footloose was one of my favorite films because it had an amazing soundtrack. And what you have to appreciate is that the music and music videos played on MTV over and over again. MTV was such a big part of teendom in the 80s. And they would play these. I mean, it was really like a magical relationship, MTV and movies. And they would just replay it over and over. So you would watch it. You'd be sucked in because you'd never seen anything like this before um, MTV existed. And so one of the ones that they played all the time was Kenny Loggins' Footloose. And I think actually every song or close to every song from the Footloose soundtrack was a hit. And it was definitely one of those uh, albums or cassettes that you would buy and you would listen all the way through. And I think too, like a lot of the high school proms used Almost Paradise as their theme. Oh no, yeah, actually the other, this is actually a funny story. Um, the other day in my uh, math class, my teacher literally played that song. It was like, this is, I, I planned the prom when I was a junior and this is the song we used and it was Almost Paradise. Oh, of course. But he didn't realize that it, the line was Almost Paradise. Right. And he wanted it to be Paradise. Par- like, he thought it was um, some- something paradise. It was like forever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. That's the almost paradise is the interesting. Like, is it paradise or not paradise? Because if it's not paradise, then it's not paradise. Well, yeah, he was just telling me that, like, he never really listens to the words of the music, <laughs> the lyrics. He just listens to the actual music. It's like, I fl- I, it flowed with me, and it felt like a good, like, slow dance song. And then he, like, actually listened to the lyrics. It was like, oh. So you could just go online and look up the lyrics to songs or Shazam it and have it right there like you guys do. So, I mean, I remember, like, you know, running on the, you know, one time going for a run and uh, was that relax song, you know, Frankie goes to Hollywood relax, which I used to sing at the top of my lungs. And it finally dawned on me, like what the lyrics were saying. (laughs) And it's actually pretty clear. Um, and I was just horrified, but I think one thing I'm sad for, for your generation is the lack of soundtrack movies. I think like twilight tried to bring it back. You do see in films today, teen films today that are romantic comedies. I mean, something like a love Simon or, um, or, or every day, you know, they, they try to implement music like they did in the 80s, but it doesn't work as effectively. It's just, it, it's, it's not just the like same. what's ever on the radio that's popular that kind of sums up a little bit of the story in the movie. That's kind of how it is. Yeah. Because, like, like, I know the everyday song is like that pink song that I hear like 24 7 that I can't stand anymore. Yeah. It's so annoying. But Black Panther 
has like an amazing album mm-hmm. amazing like my friends will not stop listening to the black panther album okay that's exciting to me i love that i would love us to get back to that where the soundtrack is just as valuable as the actual movie so that i think is part of what is great about footloose but now let's talk about what's wrong with your parents <laughs> like when you look at the characters kevin bacon's character ren was pretty much the coolest high school senior ever. And I loved Ariel, who was played by Laurie Singer. Like, she was defiant and independent and cool. And I think everything I wanted to be, you know, in 1984 when I was 14 years old. Um, but now, when I look at it, even though it is one of the most beloved films to me and to my generation, it is shocking to see how irresponsible it is in the sense of life imitates art on every level. I mean, you know, you start with the things like the fact that like Ariel, you know, who is cool, right? Like you have to start with the fact that she is super cool, right? So what does she do? She stands up between, she straddles two moving vehicles on a highway with a truck coming at her. I mean, I feel like that's also like a part of the 80s because in um, Teen Wolf, like they would like surf on top of the cars. Yeah. Like, was that a thing? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, no, I mean, I don't know anyone who straddled two moving vehicles. This is the stupidity of my generation. We had too much time on our hands, I think. Um, We didn't, we uh, were definitely, we're not the generation that was like sitting at home. We were the generation who couldn't wait to get a car to get the heck away from our parents and get some freedom. Um, We weren't like always on an iPad or on our computers and just nerding out at home. But the, uh, but yeah, I think that that sense of freedom where parents weren't on top of kids all the time, like you are, like I do to you, um, uh-huh. <laughs> breathing down your neck, constantly asking where you are, tracking you on your iPhone. Um, you know, we kind of had free reign and we did a lot of stupid things. And so, I mean, but, but beyond that, there's the life imitates art, art imitates life situation. And so you can take examples of things that maybe some teens were doing, but once you put it on the big screen and you have a character who is cool it will be replicated. There are copycats. People are going to try it. They're going to do it. There's her also stop, you know, screaming in front of the train, holding her hand out. I mean, I would like to say that the tractor, I don't think anyone tried to have like a, a game of chicken with tractors. I'm pretty sure nobody did that because I don't think even in the movie it was cool. Like it was never cool. But there's a lot of examples in this film of thing. And, and by the way, the drinking, the drugs and the smoking. But I think also what's more important, I want to get back to the point you made that the film showed kids rebelling against their parents and winning. And I actually think that this is a recurring theme of the 80s in general. Parents or adults just don't understand us or kids know better. You see it in movie after movie in the 80s. These teen movies, you see it in 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink, Breakfast Club, Pump Up the Volume. Um, you, You heard it in the music, like punk music was all about rebelling against adults. And even though I think that the movies and the music to some degree, um, totally undermine parents to a point where I really believe it affected the fabric of our society. Right before that, parents were always in charge. They always knew better. Um, It also did something really valuable that I think we lost in the following decades, and it taught us to think for ourselves. Uh, In getting to, like, basically in getting us to question those older than us, whether it's teachers, police, parents, or pastors, it got teens thinking critically and independently about the information being fed to us. And that's partially because we were the generation who was born during the Pentagon Papers and Watergate. And so we were raised with this healthy sense of distrust for authority. I mean, the thing with the Gary Hart scandal, um, you know, and, and Iran-Contra, these things kept coming over and over. We were taught to distrust adults. 
But we were also taught that we didn't really have any control over what was going to happen. People weren't really punished in these situations. Um, and so it kind of gave us this passiveness. And um, and at the same time, and I would also say, by the way, Asala trusted the news organizations because that's who brought these things to light. But we also had no big wars that we had to go fight. And we didn't really have this financial disparity that generations before had to experience where like, you know, basically everyone was broke and everyone was broke together. In the eighties, people were, it was the beginning of people starting to get some money in the nineties, you know, that really took off. But in the eighties, we took that independent thought and we looked around and since we didn't really have anyone to, to put that anger against, we didn't have a foreign government, really. We didn't have anyone to be angry at that distrust landed on the community around us right so now we're looking at like parents and pastors and the police and and everyone and blaming them for our problems and i think that this gets important because you know we were rebels without a cause or at least in the case of footloose rebels whose cause is like pretty small in comparison to the stuff your generation has to deal with you know i mean you guys have to deal with some heavy weighty things yeah definitely but I wonder if this isn't where we are as a country, right? So, and this is a leap, but I want you to go with me on this. So the government is really being led currently by Gen Xers. So these are the kids who were teens in the 80s. And they didn't personally have to fight a war. They fell into a healthy economy. They really never acquired the tools to understand how weighty the world can be because, you know, we kind of grew up soft. Not like our grandparents who grew up during the Great Depression or fought in World War II and really knew what evil was and really knew what struggle and suffering was. Or our parents who grew up during the Cold War had atomic bomb drills and then were sent to fight in a stupid, senseless war that our government knew we would never win, like Vietnam. And so with nothing to really fight, we could focus on our social issues at home. So we had women and people of color fighting for equal rights. Um, and so now we just have this generation who only knows how to fight each other. So when 9-11 happened, I can't tell you what a shock it was to my generation because we had never seen anything like that before, ever. The evil of the world did not knock on our door before this. And it just blew it wide open. And we were really cocky. And so we assumed we knew best because we had been living in this booming economy for so long and since things had been going so well. And I think since 9-11, it's sort of been misstep after misstep after misstep, no matter which political party is in charge. And this may seem like a big leap, but I think it kind of partially drills down to Footloose and these films that encouraged us to rebel against the adults who, you know, really cared about us and whose maybe their biggest um, offense was, you know, not really being able to relate to us, but wanting to protect us. Because if you look at Footloose, right, like that's what this is about. Footloose is the pastor and the community having lost one of the, some of the kids of their community are putting in very strict guidelines to protect them. It's about protecting them. Yeah, but at the same time, they're not really thinking about it. Well, they are thinking about it. They just think about it in a different way. Yeah, that's what I mean. They, like, they're not like, oh, these kids died because they were listening to music, driving on a bridge, drinking. Oh, you know what it was? The music. Yeah. <laughs> it was the dancing. <laughs> no, I'm right. I mean, and that is the kind of overzealous conclusion that when you are in the middle of a tragedy, like you could be like, well, I want to make sure this never happens again. So we're going to eliminate every single thing that could possibly make something like to, to trigger something like this. We're just going to shut it all down. Um, so it's interesting because I think then that has some relevance too. I think maybe in a way um, the pastor and the community of Footloose are the beginning of helicopter parents. Yeah. 
Very wise. Very telling. Um, all right. Well, that is my theory on Footloose and how it has affected our generation. Really, if you want to know what's wrong with your parents, I think you can boil it down to Footloose. Wow. Way to blame a single movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tara McNamara. And I'm Riley Roberts. This is 80s Movie Guide, a guide to what's wrong with your parents. Please check out our website and um, find some more of our podcasts. Check it out and, and let us know what you think. Thanks. We're